Hello, folks. Welcome to the Queen of Spot podcast. I am Jay Boy, joined by Tim Crowley. Episode 9, starting off today. First episode post-Trader Line, which is pretty good this year. Yeah, I mean, kind of slow. Kind of slow at times, but you know what? The deals got done that we that we um, we pretty much expected for a couple of weeks. Um, but it, it's back to be. It's good to be back on the cleanup spot grind. It's been a hot minute since we did one. It's been a long while. Someone went on vacation. It, I did go on vacation. Uh, before I went on vacation, uh, I was actually down doing some work for us. Uh, I was down at the uh, 2018 Cape Cod Baseball League All Star Game down in Harwich. Hashtag my team. Uh, going to see the home of the Mariners and just get to see some of the best players on the Cape. Um, it was a fun day, except I didn't see the game because I left because it started pouring, and I just didn't go back afterwards. That was an awful day too for the game. It poured yeah, all it was day it long. was it was awful. But you know what? I was there for batting practice. I was there for the home run derby, um, and it was just awesome to see some of these hitters. I mean, batting practice, every one of them was just line drives left and right. These are the best players in the country, so I mean, you expect that from them. But it's just still very. It's it's so surreal to get to see them hit in person. Um, actually, there was a kid from. Born, I think, and we actually I tried to get him to follow us on the podcast. I tagged him in one of the tweets. His name's um, Jared Triolo. Plays Jared Triolo. I saw they played the uh, game in a few nights ago. That kid, that kid's good. Him and Matthew Barefoot are a scary, yeah, scary so, duo out in the cave. Quick story. So um, I was out with my friend Nick Paltrimini, uh, who has a house down in Harvard. So I, we um, we've been going to Mariners games together for years. So we were at the game ready to go for BP, and so I'm out in the outfield just you know what, let's see if I can catch a home run or something just because these guys have sick power. So Jared's up hitting, and he smokes one that looks like it's, like, right at me. And then I see it start to tail, and I'm like, oh, crap, I got to go. So if there's if you've ever been to a Cape League game, you know that there's just kids everywhere, which is awesome because developing young baseball fans all over the place, it's just not good when you're trying to get a baseball. And so the ball rolls down. Isaac Hample. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm. Hi, I, Zach. How are you doing today? Hey, except I didn't hide the ball from the kids. There were kids that got way more balls than I did, and I ended up trading this ball in a minute, which I'll get to. So I end up. Jared crushes this ball, and right out in left field in Harwich, there's just like it's flatlined, and then a hill that goes downstairs. The downstairs that just goes straight down off the flat surface. So Jared crushes this ball over the hill, and I'm like, oh crap, I gotta go. So I run down into the woods. It hits off a tree, and I thought I was going to have it easily. And it ends up going through my legs, under my glove, and I see, like, 20 kids coming at me. And all I hear is and – I'll po- and I'll post the, uh, the audio to this when I finally edit the vlog that I did. There's, like, a 12-year-old kid leading a pack of about 20 kids behind me, going after the ball, yelling, kill, kill, kill. And you honestly, were with some feisty little kids. I mean, Lord. I mean, I, I, I'm not afraid of 12 year olds, but when there's a pack of like 20, 25 of them, this is like yeah. some Lord of the Flies crap. Yeah, exactly. And but <laughs> I, I, I did shouting kill, kill, kill. Right, but I, I did end up getting the ball, and um, it was actually funny. So Jared's mom had flown in from Texas the night before to see her, to uh, see him play, and she came up to me, and she's wearing a born sweatshirt, and she's like, oh, um, I, they just flipped us a ball. Would you like trade with us? Like I'm. J- Jared's mom. I came in from Texas last night. I'm like, yeah, sure, no problem, and traded her to the ball, and I'm sure she's very happy now. And she's probably happy her son's home now because the Bourne Braves got eliminated from the playoffs just a few nights ago. They finished dead last in the West Division with only 18, 25, and one record. Not hey, exactly. The her best. son was still an All Star, so yeah, and he good. and he put on a show. Him on and Spencer Brickhouse. Those are the two guys. It's not Matthew Barefoot. He plays for Hyannis. He's very good, but Matthew Barefoot. 
played for INS. So Spencer Brickhouse and Jared Trill, absolutely deadly combination. The only problem with that foreign order was the bottom of that order uh, this year was just deplorable. Yeah. Lots yeah. of strikeouts, way too many strikeouts. Yeah. And they aren't as good as uh, the Wareham Gaming. First right. place in the right. West, riding Come high into the playoffs. All right, before I get my where, your work, before you just go on your whole Wareham um, hey, extravaganza. Hey, they, they, are, they are my employers currently, I, and they I'm are aware. at 52 points, I'm and aware. they are the first-round playoff team. I'm aware. In first place. I'm going to say is I, I hadn't been down to a game so far this year, which was a little embarrassing, but it was good to get to get down there, uh, see a good family friend of ours, uh, Harwich manager Steve Engler, got to talk to him for a little bit. Um, and then the home run derby was just awesome. I didn't ca- I didn't catch a ball because I was just tough luck, but I wanted to make sure the kids had a good day, which they did. Oh, you're off for the kids. Oh, I'm oh, off for the, off off for the, for the kids. kids. Folks, and he's off for the kids. You heard it here, Tim well, Crowley, I'm, a man of the kids. Well, you know, I'm not – catching a baseball is always fun, but that's not my priority when I go to games. Well, that's good. That's good that you're not second. It's just, it's just – yeah, exactly. It's an, it's just a nice extra challenge if I'm feeling bored. But I'm there to watch baseball first, which will always be my rule. But uh, I think the kid that won was from Harwich. He was a lefty. i got to look up his name. But he was hitting rockets left and right out of the park. I'm pretty sure he hit five in a row over the scoreboard. It was just absurd. But he put on a show. Great to see a home, hometown kid win, which anytime you're down in the Cape, it's awesome. Just go if, Whenever you're down in Cape Cod during the summer, make sure you get to some Cape Cod League baseball game. It's probably some of the best, best baseball you'll see. Oh, it's fantastic baseball. I've been down there all summer. I'm the in- intern at the Wareham Gaiman, who, by the way, great team, great people to work there. Name-dropping uh, much? What? Name-dropping much? Name-dropping much. Uh, they're just a bunch of great people, and it's been a great season so far for them. They're first place in the West Division, and for those of you who don't know the Cape League, it's 10 teams splittered across the Cape Cod area, all the way from Chatham, all the way out in the East, all the way to Wareham in the West, which is just barely on the Cape, if you want to think about yeah, it. People from Wareham like to think they're on the Ca- Cape. Cape Cod traditionalists will always argue that Wareham shouldn't be a part of the Cape, you know, because it's not... It's not over the bridge. It's not it's over the bridge. It's, it's right before the bridge. It's for the national viewers, we have to explain the bridge. We, there, there, it, we don't. We don't. We have the counties over here. Exactly. We need to. Uh, we need to educate the. Uh, educate. The non- educate. Educate educate the minds of the national viewer. That's right. I don't know who who's the better Cape mind. I'm trying to figure out who I want to explain this. I think just do it, the Sagamore. You just go, go with it. Well, go with on, it. Well, all right, this so, is this is right, your duty. He, all right, here's Inform your li- right, the people. Right, become a man of the people. Right, we have stuff to get to, so I'm going to try to make this quick two minute lesson on Cape Cod. So Cape we're Cod, only six minutes in. Cape Cod Take is the um, pretty much the what we call the armpit of Massachusetts. Uh, Isn't it the bicep? Isn't it like the what's forum? the bicep? But then when you like start to branch out towards Provincetown, that's okay, like the armpit. Okay. If you um, can't tell, folks, we are definitely two Boston kids. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the so, and through, we're two New England kids. So basically what happens is you um, to get to the Cape, the best way to go down is down Route 495, um, and you get down to Exit 2 to get to Wareham on 495, and because it, it's actually – there's two Exit 2s. They switch at Exit 1. Because um, then exit t- the other exit two that you get okay, to Wareham so right, right. is Route Six. Yes. Let me. Continue, I'm, I'm trying to explain. So hey, you get off the Route Six exit two that takes you into Wareham, and that's where the Gateman play. Everything at else. Wonderful and beautiful Splain Field right. at Wareham High School. And if with you their stone de- with their stone destined field. And if you continue to exit three, you will reach the Bourne Bridge. But if you get off at exit two, you can also take uh, Route Six all the way down to get to the Sagamore. So there's two ways to get to the Cape. There are two um, different bridges. Two different Wareham bridges. is right before you get on either of the bridges. Once you get over those bridges, because there is a canal that goes through that separates the Cape from mainland Massachusetts. Correct. So there's a strip, and you got to go over the bridge. So once you're ov- over the bridge, over, o- the, over bridge. the bridge, 
Then you are on the Cape, and then you have all the islands with the nine other teams, the Cave League. But right before the bridge is Wareham, and that is where the Wareham Gatemen play. So anyone, if you ever meet anyone from Cape Cod and you ask them, what do you think? Is Wareham part of the Cape? They will most definitely probably tell you no. Right. Except if they're from Wareham, then they will say yes. Yeah. But anyways, the Wareham Gatemen, they've had a fantastic season. They have a guy named Austin Shenton from FIU. Ford International, who's been lighting it up all summer long. He was sitting over 400 for most of the season. His average dipped down and weight down towards the late high 350s. It's actually at 350. They have a man from UCLA called Jeremy Idens leading the league in RBIs currently with 34. And they also have, they just have a bunch of great players, a bunch of great guys. They had a guy who actually just went back to college, he Valenzuela, who was very good in the top spot. And they'll be taking on the Katuit Ketteliers starting tomorrow night, which would be Saturday night. We're recording this on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, in a three-game set for the first round. And we'll see what happens. We're yeah. gonna have, we got to have a recap show once the playoffs end. We will. Because uh, we got to show, like, yes, we're a major league team. For, we're a major league podcast first. But we show some love to It's also good, August. There's nothing we, that really happens. We, we show love to all good baseball. And the Cape is just... Probably, it's great baseball. It's great baseball. You're watching some of the best collegiate baseball players in the country go head-to-head. Um, it's just amazing. It's, and it, we're so lucky that it's in our, right in our backyard. I know. Nice, a nice little drive away. Yeah. Nice little drive away. All right. So right now, we'll, we'll, run through this, we'll run through the standings for you right now. As of Friday, August 3rd, 2018, you have the Boston Red Sox leading the New York Yankees by six and a half games in the AL East. In how the Central. You, how you doing? In the Central, you have the Cleveland Indians leading the Minnesota Twins by 10 games because that division is awful. Which and then you have the Houston Astros who are leading both the Oakland Athletics who have made a surging comeback and the Seattle Mariners in the AL West. In the NL East, you have the Philadelphia Phillies followed by the Atlanta Braves for only a half game back. You have the Cubs and Milwaukee Brewers duking it out in the Central. The Pittsburgh Pirates, we'll talk about them, the Pirates and the Cardinals. They're trying to make a comeback. They're six and a half back, trying to make that second wild card spot. They're currently only four back. And then in the West, you have the Dodgers leading the Diamondbacks by one game, the Rockies by two, and the Giants by five, and really the National League. As we've said all year, it's just up for grabs at this point. Anybody's game. It's up for grabs. Playoffs is going to be fun to watch, but I think we've already established that the American League champion is pretty much a shoe in for the World Series championship. It might even be the one who wins the ALDS between the two best teams in the East. Yep. Because whoever wins the ALDS between the Yankees and Red Sox, should they both get there, is going to win the World Series. Cleveland's not going out of the first round. Nope. Houston, we'll see what happens. I mean, they're still definitely one of the three super teams in baseball right now, but I I don't see them beating the Yankees. And I think that right now, honestly, I'm going to counter you on it because I think Houston could ca- could challenge either one of the Red Sox or the Yankees. I think so, but I don't think they have enough. They're, they're not a team that exactly scares me. And I don't think they're scared. They're banged up right now, too, because they have Correa and Altuve both on the DL. I'm always scared of them because they beat us in the playoffs last year, and that's why you should be scared is because they beat you last year. with They beat you with less. They have more this year. They have more. They, they still have better, don't have a bullpen. They have better pitching. They got rid of their only weeks. They got rid of their main weak, weak spot, spot in, in, the bu- in the bullpen. That's their, oh, they, Ken Giles. Oh, baby. They're, they're not, they were never a great bullpen. They're a little bit better now that their main issue is gone. That is true. And the NL's just up for grabs at this point. I mean, uh, really, it's going to be so much fun in September mm-hmm. that the, all the races are tight. Absolutely. Atlanta and Philly in the East will be fun and exciting. The Brewers, the Brew Crew, and the Cubs in the Central is going to be one heck of a time. And the craziness that's ensuing out in the West is going to be nuts. I mean, you have three teams within two games of each other. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun stretch. And that Dodgers lineup now is just absolutely Ooh, ridiculous. And we're going we're, we're to be getting in those trades, and we're – one of those things is the Dodgers. They really, they really did sure up everything. All right, so we're gonna talk trades now. 
We're going to break but, down the six but, biggest ones. Well, I'm explaining to the viewers. Know, we're gonna, the six biggest trades will be breaking down, and then we'll go into family. We'll be dive into the returns because really most of you guys when they announce a trade they don't really exactly go in deep on the return and who exactly these players are and we're going to try and give you some insight into that for most if not all the players so our big focus on the deals that are made at the actual deadline but before that the biggest deal pretty much of all july was manny machado going to the dodgers and that's actually what we're going to start off with and, and it's i want to just kind of inform you guys who don't um who are just more podcast listeners and don't follow us on twitter um we we sent something out is actually so he got as you know he got traded the night of the all-star game and if you guys listen back to episode three or two when was our when when did Sigurd get hurt episode three three episode three episode three, episode three. um you know uh about 50 minutes in i'd like to say it's about 30 30 or 30 30 minutes in it's 30 minutes in no, it's like two minutes in. Two minutes in? It's like oh, two oh, minutes. Oh, no, no, no. It was a real early. It was a real early it was hot a, take. It was an early flaming hot take. Flaming hot. Uh, made by yours truly saying, you know what? Uh, the Dodgers are still in a position to win if they want to. If they want, if they if they still want to go ahead and make sure this is a successful season, they need a shortstop. They need an all-star. And luckily for them, there's probably going to be one available at the deadline. His name's Manny Machado. I would love to see Manny Machado in Dodger blue come midsummer. And what happened? Oh, yeah. Manny you Machado actually, got traded to the Dodgers. You beat Jeff Levering, too. Because when we talked to Jeff Levering, episode five of this podcast, he said he, he wouldn't be surprised if he went to Chicago. That's right. And he didn't go to Chicago. He's in L.A. For, it's, quite, the, for quite a good return for a two-and-a-half-month rental. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I we never got the full credit that I thought we deserved um, as far as first reporting the story back in May. Um, <laughs> I mean, Bob we didn't Knight, exactly Bob, have any sources. Uh, we, we had the flaming hot. We had the we had the hot we, we had, we had the knowledge. We had the hot, we had the hot take factory up in my brain. We, we had the depth um, chart knowledge. So I, I still like to believe that we beat Ken Rosenthal to it. I still think – I still like to believe that we beat Bob Nightingale to it. But they are the ones that are making the money. They are the ones with the credibility. So – uh, I'll be, also, gen- I'll be also generous. Also, like 30 people listen per episode. That's for, yeah. So uh, if you are out there and you're listening, tell all your friends, please. Just, uh, just uh, you, the, re- the real ones know who wrote the story first, all I'm going to say. Oh, well, let's God. get into the trades. All right, let's get into the trades. The Baltimore Orioles, oh, baby. Their farm system is going to they, – they did exactly what they should have done. They just blew up everything. Everything and they were like, you know, what? we're starting over from scratch, which is good for a team that is absolute crap. Yeah. And we're like, well, maybe they'll compete for a playoff spot. Uh, no. Yeah, they're only forty. No, 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 no. They're no. only forty-two and a half. No, out. when you have Chris Davis and his negative seven WAR, what even is his WAR now? Is it that? Is it like negative? Is it like negative uh, four? You have Mark Trumbo. You, uh, it's just bad. It's bad. Scope's gone. Scope's gone. Machado's Scope is gone. actually in Milwaukee, but Manny Machado. So he was the top player in the trade market this year. Coming into this year, we all knew he was a big name after the season, and he's going to be a free agent. But once everything started going downhill in Baltimore, everyone kind of realized he was the guy that's going to go, and he's the big piece that everyone's looking to get. The Yankees were on the late, and that was like Manny Machado mania for a week. Everyone was like, oh, my God, this might actually happen. But it didn't. He went to L.A. And he's really a a two-and-a-half-month rental, and this is the Dodgers' mindset. There's his win now. We're good. We're young. We have great talent. Win now. Let's win a World Series. Let's bring a World Series to Los Angeles for the first time since 1981. Right. They're not, they're, and they're not. A, this is the um, what I think makes perfect sense to the Dodgers is unlike a lot of the other buyers who were just going to give up so much, and if they didn't resign Machado, they were screwed. The the Dodgers are fine. They don't need to resign him. It would be amazing if they did because they just have an unreal lineup. But they don't need to because even if they let him walk, 
they have an all-star shortstop coming back for them in Corey Seager next year. Yeah. So there's is, no need for them to freak out if they don't resign. Him. Exactly, and that, that's really what it is. And that's really what it comes down to. They have Corey Seager. This is like, this is the best player in the market. Let ha- let's have him fill in. And he'll play shortstop for Corey Seager while he's gone, and it's absolutely perfect. It's really, it's really exactly what the Dodgers wanted to do. Right. It's, it helps them. The Orioles get a lot of return. They got five different prospects, right. which we'll get into in a moment. But it's going to be good. It's almost a situation where you have like Aaron Rodgers get hurt and have Tom Brady come in for two months before maybe he would retire or something. It's almost a situation where you have. I don't know. LeBron James get hurt, and Kevin Durant ends up in Los Angeles and fills in for him. It's almost a situation where oh, – what's a good hockey one? Where Sidney Crosby gets hurt, and somehow Alex Ovechkin ends up in a trade to Pittsburgh. Oh, God, you just pissed off every single Penguins fan who listens to this show. That would That's my Oof. goal. That's my goal. That would not be good. Well, dang it. Well, I'm a Penguins fan. Eh, well, Oof. Oof. We let out well to the podcast. But currently, Manny Machado is having a career year right now. He's hitting 315 with a 963 OPS, 151 rated once created plus, and a 2.8 war with Baltimore, which is just fantastic right now. He's really having a career year. And if he keeps it up with LA, oh, baby, that's going to be good. Yeah. And they got quite the nice return for him. They got Yusniel Diaz, an outfielder who played in double A, who's double A right now. He played in the All Star Future Games this year. And he's doing pretty well so far. He's hitting 314 with a 905 OPS, to six home runs and 30 RBIs. And that's really they really got a lot of depth. They got good prospects, but they got a whole lot of depth. They got Dean Kramer, a right-handed pitcher who's currently in Double A. He's 22 years old. They got Ryland Bannon, a third baseman who's currently sitting in Class A with 20 homers and 61 RBIs and batting 296 in the year. They got right-handed pitcher Zach Pop, who's been flipping between Double A and Single A this year with a 1.04. For ERA over 43 and a third innings and he's really Pop and Kramer they're saying are just they're having excellent seasons which means they're going to have a bright future and that's what scouts are really keying in on and the last guy is Breivik Valera who's 26 and hitting 284 with six home runs and the first four that we said Diaz, Kramer, Bannon and Pop will all be optioned to double A Bowie which is in the Eastern League the Bowie Bay Sox and Breivik Valera is going to be optioned to AAA Norfolk. So this is a good prospect package, and it's really going to help their farm system, which isn't too great because they're not really keen on the international phase. And that's also what we saw Dan Duquette is going to start doing, and we see, which is huge for the Baltimore Orioles. And they've never done this before in the history of their franchise. And Fangraphs actually wrote a great article on it. And they don't like the whole aspect of Latin America kind of exploiting players and stuff like that. And they'd rather go through the draft. But now Dan Duquette's saying, we're going to turn it around, and we might as well try and make this better and get some international prospects, build up that farm system, and go through the draft and the international prospects and create one heck of a prospect pool, which is what they're starting off with this deal. We're going to get to the next deal in just a bit with the New York Yankees for Zach Britton. They got three other good prospects as well, and this is really all helping just build a farm system that hasn't been too great. They haven't really had a marquee prospect in a while. Yeah, and I think what's – I mean, you can get all the prospects you want and really bolster your farm system, but it's even more valuable when you can get future stars in your positions of need. Obviously, that outfield's not looking great right now. Adam Jones probably isn't going to be around too much longer. He's getting out there in age. Trumbo's probably not going to do much for much longer. Did, was Trumbo doing anything to begin with, though? No. Honestly. Joey Richards not going to 
I mean, he's not much of a factor anyway. So the fact that they can kind of um, just start building a young outfield that could be very talented in years to come is awesome. Um, they're going to need some help on the left side of the infield, so getting a third baseman helps them then. Just bolstering um, their pitching staff with right-handers is great because they lost Gosman to Atlanta, and Bundy and Tillman have just been straight ineffective. And Valera can really help fill in on that third base role. I don't know if it's going to be this year or next year, but he really can help fill in that third base role because currently you have Tim Beckham playing shortstop, and you don't really have anyone playing third and no one too great. So if they're able to develop Valera, bring him up, or even ban him in the future to bring him up in quite a few years. And then you can see Diaz in that outfield and Kramer and Pop in those roles. Pop, you can see in the bullpen one day. Kramer maybe is a starter. That'll really help this team because right. they des- they're in desperate need of starting pitching, which is what they got from the Yankees. I'll pitch the Yankees in that deal for Zach Britton, which we'll get into in just a bit. And if they can get Kramer and pop up to the big leagues, they, they really need some help pitching-wise, and their bullpen's not that great. And this is really what Dan Duquette's looking towards. He's looking towards the future instead of now. And if they can really develop these players, get them going, and create that good bullpen and rotation in the future, it's going to help this team finally be competitive again. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously with any rebuilding process, it'll take a couple of years. There's still it'll Yeah, it'll take a while. They'll be bottom of the barrel for probably another good season or two, but probably the start of the 2020s, Maybe they'll be back and ready to go and have some playoff baseball on Utah Street. Maybe. I mean, it's always exciting. Great baseball city in Baltimore. Yeah. Great fans. I mean, they, they, they deserve some awesome They deserve stadium. some love. Awesome. Maybe the best stadium in the Bigs, which is sad because it's yeah, now. that's a hot take. One of the best in the Bigs. One of the best in the Bigs. One, one of the best. It's going to be kind of sad seeing it empty now, but, you know, it's all right. More tickets for us. Exactly. Cheaper tickets for us. Cheaper We're t- all for cheaper, cheaper tickets. tickets for us. Free is for me, my friend. Or incredibly cheap because the team is 20th. 804. It's free real estate. Free real estate. All right, next deal we're going to get into, we're also going to talk about the Baltimore Orioles, but we're going to talk about the New York Yankees as well. Zach Britton, they acquired one of the premier relievers, and you will know him from Buck Showalter not using him in the 2015 wildcard game. 16. 2016 wildcard game against the Blue Jays when Edwin Encarnacion hit the mammoth walk-off home run. So we'll get a name. He's one of the premier relievers in baseball, which is that that's exactly what you know him for, that monstrosity of just terribleness that Buck Showalter did not get him in the game. I don't know why. No one understands why still, why he was not in that game. The only explanation should be, you know what, tied game, let's wait until we take the lead. And then no, use I him. don't know. He that's the only possible explanation I can think of. Yeah, he's 139 saves in eight years with Baltimore. Not really a huge strikeout pitcher, only averaging about 7.4 Ks per nine in his career, but he's a two-time All-Star. And he just helps the Yankees' bullpen get that much better. Even though he got booed in his first outing for walking in the go-ahead run. Yeah, but you know what? He's gotten better. Last night, he really got the Yankees out of a jam with the Red Sox game. And it was just bad. We'll talk about that in a it's minute. It's just bad. And we're really going to break that game down in a minute. It's just bad. It, you, but love- he really helped the Yankees out last night. And it's 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 good. But he, he was the top bullpen arm in the market. And... They went and got it, and Brian Cashman is just a genius. It's, yeah. it's, it's good it, stuff. It, you know, because Brian Cashman, he really he needed a win after, you know, that flaming hot take that, you know, talking about the damage that the Yankees do against the Red Sox. Oh, yes. And, you know, they, they really they really, they really did some damage last night. You know, seven, seven runs just really just – they really flattened and deflated the Red Sox hopes out of that game. And, you know, that was just – the damage that he did was just incredible. Wow. This might be a UFC podcast in a minute. There's gloves over there, I mean, if you want. <laughs> but he no, he's going to be a great addition to this bullpen. He's going to help set up Chapman down in the postseason when 
they're going to have to apply what the Cubs did with making their starter and the Cubs and the Indians did when they let their starters go like three innings because they all are, oof, they're not doing so hot right now. And this will help them out here. But what they got back in the package, Baltimore did, is Dylan Tate, Cody Carroll, and Josh Rogers. Dylan Tate, originally drafted by the Texas Rangers, was sent to the Yankees when the Yankees traded Carlos Beltran to the Rangers. This year, he's 5-2 with a 3.38 ERA in 15 starts with A Trenton this year, and he was the eighth-best prospect in the Yankees' system. And this is more what we're talking about. Oh, lots of pitchers, lots of starting pitchers for the Baltimore Orioles. Yeah, they could, they could be a nice rotation in a couple of years. They just need some time to develop. And Cody Carroll, a right-handed pitcher, was taken by the Yankees in the 22nd round of the 2015 draft, was ranked as the team's number 15 prospect coming into the season, which the Yankees, they gave up a significant package. Nothing great, lots of surplus. But they gave up a lot of guys. This guy was bullpen pitcher, 32 relief appearances at AAA Scranton-Wilkesbury. He's 3-0 with 9 saves and a 2.81. And Josh Rogers this year, the lefty out of Louisville, picked in the 11th round in 2015, which has really risen fast, both Carroll and Rogers. They've, they've, had a, they've been on the fast track to the bigs. He's 6-8 with a 3.95 ERA in 19 starts with Scranton at 24 years old. And they really got back end, they got a back-end reliever. And a starting pitcher, which is really what Dan Duquette said he was looking for. Right. This pitching staff. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a couple of years, like we said, but you know what? I think 2021. They have some versatility. They, they got a lot of versatility, and they're getting depth, which you, you run a major league organization. That's all you want. You want depth. Just like the Yankees created, which when they ended up training Brandon Drury, which we'll talk in just a minute. That's the next trade we're talking about. But it's good to develop surpluses so you can trade away XX pieces that you don't need and you no longer need to get back a quality guy. And the Yankees did just that with the Toronto Blue Jays. They got Jay Happ, who ended up with foot, hand, and mouth disease. When did this exist? What is this super fungus bacteria crap? I don't know, but it's making, it's literally spreading like wildfire. It's like mumps in the NHL two years ago. Yeah, exactly. I don't understand. Noah Syndergaard had it, so I mean, maybe it's just spreading around New York. Just, what is Noah Syndergaard Newsflash, news stay, stay out of Manhattan, stay out of the Bronx, stay out of Queens. Just get out of New York. Ugh. Or else you're getting hand foot mouth disease, apparently. <laughs> Could Mookie Betts come to New York just for a night? See what happens. Maybe so, end up I was listening to I was listening to WEI yesterday, and they had a uh, they had a they had a um they had a doctor on trying to explain <laughs> hand foot and mouth disease. <laughs> what even is hand foot and mouth disease? I don't really know. We need a doctor on the show. Go on uh, WebMD and look. At oh God, that's probably just the WebMD never works. So we're gonna go from baseball experts today to geography teachers, and now we're gonna become doctors. Hey, sounds like a great podcast. Hey, hey, we're versatile. We're versatile. Versatility in depth. That's what we preach on. Versatility is key, my friend. All right, so the Yankees got J.A. Happ from the Toronto Blue Jays. 10-6 record this year with a 4.18 ERA and 53 earned runs and 114 innings pitched. He was an all-star. He really faltered as of late, but his first start with the Yankees was great. Did fantastic, but as of up to that point, he hadn't done so well. He got rocked by the Yankees. He got rocked by the Sox. Yeah, it's tough for an all-star who's crying. It's funny because... Well, this is also a, a well, walk you know, here for him. Well, yeah, but here's the thing, though. So you would think being named an all-star, um, as long as you're not a team that goes to the playoffs, you would think that would be like what you were known for that year. But he's going to be known for this entire year for that 13-pitch at-bat with Mookie Betts before Mookie Betts took him exactly deep like that was to Game 7 of the World Series. It was, it was a, a game in the middle of July. It was get one of the best at-bats of the year. Oh, get over it. It was one of the best at-bats. Well, the 26-pitch at-bat was no good, but a 13-pitch at-bat, oh, baby. It was nice. I, I gave credit to Brandon Belt. I know. 
He also Brandon got Belt's out. He also got out, which is the problem. If he had a dinger, it would have been different. Yeah. But I mean, you guys are acting like it's game, like like he won the World Series. Well, because it was just an electric. Because well, it was just magical and wonderful. It was magical. It was a. You wouldn't you wouldn't know that because you live in a, um, a facial hair free dictatorship. Hey, it wins championships. Huh? Were you a lot? Right. This is something <laughs> I hate about Yankees fans. We're going right, to get no, into no, this no, for a minute. No, 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 okay, okay, time can, out. Okay, time you out, can time talk out, about, hold on. No, stop. You can talk about championships, okay? I have no problem doing it if you were alive for them. I can brag about you. I can brag to, about myself that my team is better than yours for the time we've been alive. I can talk about championships because I was alive for mine. I have three. You've been alive for one. So don't give me this crap about your 27 rings that you were all, you were alive. You weren't even alive for 26 of them. I've been alive for three of our eight. So stop talking about your 27 rings that you don't even have because you haven't been alive for them. Stop it. Now, Someone, get jealous. some. Stop it. Get some you're help. Jealous. In the words of Michael <laughs> Jordan, stop it. Get some help. I'm not jealous because I've you are jealous. I've you wish you had more championships than you. I've oh, witnessed more man. championships than you. How many times have you gotten to go to parades and raise that championship flag? Once. I guess how many times I've got to do it. Three, three. <laughs> so do not give me that crap about 27 ranks. You weren't alive for them. <laughs> are you okay? Are you good? No. Did because you Yankees fans do this all the time, and no, it's no, no, no. sickening. Okay, okay, time out. If you're like a 95-year-old no, man who's up. got to witness Tim. this, I have no problem oh, with God. it. Oh, God. Okay, here it is. <laughs> are you done? Yes. Are you done with your answers? Yeah. Okay. 27 rings, I'm great with bringing up, but that shouldn't be your only argument. You need to bring up every other thing but 27 rings. And you know what? I don't like using 27 rings. You know why? Because everybody's like, oh, you won 27 rings. We had 04, but we won four straight games. Look at you. Cool. When you've been in the ALD, when you've been in the ALCS 47 times, it's bound to happen once. Stupid Red Sox fans. We, you, so, so you can hate Yankee fans for bringing up 27 rings. Then I hate Red Sox fans for bringing up 04. It was one freaking year. The dope low leads. You did it to yourself. This is a civil podcast. This is a family show. I don't want. I don't want to hurt the children with the mean words. We'll save this for after the podcast. We'll save it for Sunday night, which oh, we'll get yeah. into. Ooh, Sunday night. No, no, I like the old, the the one before the Sunday night football on NBC. Tim Crowley singing on a podcast for the. Okay, so <clears throat> J Hap, J A Hap. J.A. Happy. He's done really good this last two years. 2016, 2017. Combined 8.1 war. Like, at this point, like, that rant was the greatest thing that's ever happened on this podcast. Yeah. It, I, I hated it. I hated what it was about, but that was great. Because I, I was right. You were wrong. I was right. You were wrong. No, okay. Do not the brag worst... about no, no, stuff no, 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 no. you weren't alive for. Okay. Fine. You weren't, you, weren't a, you weren't a Yankee fan then. You weren't even a thought in your mother's eye. When you when the Yankees were winning all those championships back, I mean, in the she 60s was pregnant when they won in two thousand. So I mean, the, the, can I can I count? Okay, that? Okay, so two. All right, so hey, two. I so two. I still have three. Oh baby, wow. I do. Yeah. Three crazy, yeah. craziness. And oh four, we beat you together. And oh seven, we won the division over you together. So. Wow, congrats! You beat the greatest franchise in sports history. We did. Well, actually, sorry. Yes, we thank you. Sorry, thank you, we, sorry. No, 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 sorry, no, no, we no. didn't. J.A. half his last two years, he's combined with an right. 8.1. So you're contradicting yourself because you're also a Patriots fan. Yeah, but I was alive for all five. I don't really huh? care. Tom Brady's exactly. the GOAT. So, so that, that's why you should be. That's why they are the greatest franchise of all time. I mean, they are. The Patriots, not the, the Yankees. Yankees. Are. The Patriots, not the Yankees. Okay, J.A. Hap. We're a baseball podcast. We're getting back to baseball. J.A. Hap. 
He gives the Yankees a lot of rotation depth. They had Lance Lynn as well. They they acquired him from the Minnesota Twins. They give him a lot of rotation depth, and it's better than god-awful Sonny Gray and Luis Sessa. Oof. Bad, bad, bad. I love facing Luis Sessa on the show. It's so fun. Oh, he's so bad. He's not as bad as Sonny Gray. Sonny Gray makes me want to hurt little puppies. Yeah, it, it, it takes wanna, it, it takes when, a re- when someone makes you want to hurt a puppy, it is not good. It it, it takes a, a future Hall of Famer to laugh about getting booed off the field at Yankee Stadium. Sonny Gray, quote, direct quote. Did you see his? He deleted his Twitter account in the middle of the game. Yep. <laughs> <sighs> you know who else was actually on social media once and Pablo didn't Sandoval. work out for him? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I get they're pretty much the same person. Can I continue on who's, who Toronto got in return? Go ahead. I want to talk with with my beautiful. Finish notes. these trades. I want to talk Sox Yankees. Okay. Toronto got Brandon Drury and Billy McKinney. Billy McKinney really didn't have a place in this Yankees outfield. Nineteenth ranked prospect now in Toronto. He has a 299 OBP and a 794 OPS in 56 games at Triple A Scranton, and he's really going to be adding to that outfield that hopefully they include this one day. It's just going to be absolutely nuts with Guerrero Jr. and Boba Show. Who, by the way, is in AAA right AAA? now. AAA? He is in AAA. He's, he's going to get the call soon. He will. I hope so. September. Karakata. <laughs> Third baseman Brandon Drury also went to Toronto. He was acquired from the Yankees from Arizona in a 2017 trade. And he was really they, – they looked at him sort of as this piece during the start of the season to really help bridge the gap until Andujar was ready, except Andujar is ready early. And, oh, baby, Andujar. Miggy, Miggy was getting Miggy with it. So it's just a surplus piece worth moving. And both those guys really were. And they got a bag of pitch who should be pretty good down the stretch. And there's an upgrade over Sonny Gray. Sonny freaking Gray. And Luis Sessa. And Luis Sessa. And but right they did bring up Chance Adams for the Red Sox Yankees. Well, all right. So this is, this, is some, this is something I want to ask you about. Um, why him over Sheffield? Honestly, both are Sheffield's gonna, been tearing it up. Yeah, both, both are going to come up. It's, it's just it's a matter of when both are going to come up. They have, they have enough 40-man roster spots. It, they're going to come up eventually. All right, now now for your team. Yep. They got Nathan Evaldi, right-handed pitcher. Throws from heat. Tampa Bay. He missed all of 2017 with Tommy John, but he's got top five velocity in baseball. But like an, uh, like a certain player, another player for the Boston Red Sox, by the name of Jackie Bradley Jr., he's extremely streaky. Extremely streaky. I'll take the way he's going right now, though, because, I mean, his ERA is shaking right around four, but he's been better of late. And he's controlled good this year. 53 right. strikeouts, 8 walks, and a .982 whip, and a 1.2 war. And, I mean, I think anyone with the stuff that he has can ob- can eventually just work with their con- pitching coach to get some control down. Because when you can trot a guy out there that throws 90, that touch that consistently sits 97 and touches, you know, 100 on his fastball, throws a cutter slider at, you know, like 94, 95, and then has a wipeout splitter. I think if you can just add control into that, which can be acquired through some hard work with your pitching coach, that's a scary sight on the mound in the postseason. Nathan Navaldi is going to be big for this team down the stretch, whether it's in the ball, whether it's long relief in the bullpen or making a start, which he's probably going to have to do with this Red Sox rotation right now. He's, he's going to make a few starts, especially he, with sale out right now. Well, I'm, I'm concerned more with the postseason because Pomerantz should not start. Stephen Wright, if he even comes back, I really don't want to see him pitch. It, it, it's all up in the air with what happens with um, Eduardo Rodriguez. If he's healthy for the playoffs, he'll probably start, and Evaldi will go to the pen and be that Andrew Miller super reliever. If Erod's still inconsistent, if he's not effective, if he's still hurt, then I think the game four start or higher, depending on what happens with the rest of the pitching, goes to Evaldi. I got you. Before they gave up to Tampa Bay, left-handed pitcher by the name of Jalen Beeks. Who stinks. Who flat out stinks. I'm going to settle this right now. He's the number 15 prospect in the Red Sox system. He's judging, been horrible. You were judging him on 6.1 innings. He's been horrible. 
couple starts in the big leagues, he can't do it. It's the same thing with Henry Owens. They probably should have traded Owens in the deal, too. And, you know, I shouldn't be talking bad about someone who I actually broadcasted for. He started the game I did with the Paw Sox last He's year. He's also only pitched 6.1 innings this year. There's no upside with him. There's no potential around the organization, even before he came up, that he was going to be anything. He was the number 15-ranked prospect in the Red Sox system. That's also the Red Sox system who doesn't really have any law right now. Yeah, they're, they're really crappy. So like after, exactly. after the younger, in, in like five years, it's going to go downhill quick. Unless they start finding some pieces. Well, the, the kid they drafted this year, their second round pick is supposed to be good. They still have Michael Chavis, who's supposed to be good. We have uh, Dr. We, 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 got, we got Dr. Chill Sam Travis waiting in AAA, so I wouldn't be talking. How long is that? <laughs> has that, that guy been in AAA for like 800 years? At this yeah. Point? It's been a long, long time. Well, I mean... But Beeks he's, has good, a he's good. We just have Ben Attendee. Beeks has a potential big re role next year. I would believe that. He, he worked with he, Tampa Bay. He's going to start with the Rays. He but is. Also the he's Rays. doing kind of long relief right now. But I think he's going to get into a starting role in 2019. I think he has a he's a chance to be good. He's got to figure it out though. Yeah. He if if maybe he's just, he's gotten rocked by some very bad teams. Yeah. Detroit. Who who did he pitch for? Yeah. I think Baltimore. Baltimore crushed him too. So he's losing to some very, very bad teams right now. That's all right. It happens. And then the new second baseman for the uh, Boston Red Sox is Ian Kinsler. Ooh, though though I think we're going to change his name to Kinsler. 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 Ooh. Ian Kinsler. Dude, From- Kinsler had a night. So last night, uh, you know, I'll, I'll save last night for our Sox-Yankees segment, but I was at the game on Tuesday on the day of the deadline for his first um, start with the Red Sox. He batted sixth and played second couple really nice plays at second. He was hitting the ball all over. He only had one hit, but he was hitting the ball hard every time he went up. He's not what he used to be. He's not the all-star he used to be. Don't get me wrong. But with the uncertainty of Dustin Pedroia's health, Brock Holt has been okay, but he's not. He, he'll never be a starter. I love Brock Holt. I love what he can offer the team, but he's not a starter. And Eduardo Nunez has just been too streaky this year to be counted on consistently he's doing good at third right now filling in for Devers because that's where he's more comfortable defensively so that's helped his game a, a lot but they needed help at second base and Ian Kinsler is definitely an upgrade so Kinsler on the hitting side of things a 304 OBP 13 homers 30 RBIs 40 strikeouts and only 30 walks in 91 games and on the defensive side of things he's a plus 23 upgrade from Eduardo Nunez at second base Eduardo Nunez negative 13 in defensive runs saved Kinsler 10 that's plus 23. That's exactly what you want. Love to see it. So what the Red Sox gave up, they gave up Ty Buttery, number 14 Red Sox prospect, ranked by Baseball America as having the best changeup in the Sox organization. They also gave up left-handed pitcher Williams Jerez, who AAA Pawtucket this year, 30-52 innings pitched in 34 games with a 3.63 ERA. Both those guys will be heading out to L.A. Really just giving some help on the pitching side of things for Los Angeles. Yeah, which we talked about pretty much all year was how far will their pitching take them. Yeah, and that, that's good Good for the Angels for trying to do that. Yeah. I bet you they're going to try to sign some guys in free agency. Oh, Tony can't do it all himself. He can't, especially, 20, especially when he can't pitch. 2019 is going to be interesting because the pitching market that year is loaded for yeah. free agency. Loaded. The, the, I think Kershaw's opt-out is then. Sale's a free agent then. Isn't that this winter? Next winter. Next winter? Kimbrell's a free agent this year. Sale's 20, after 2019. Bumgarner's after 2019. It's loaded. What would you do if the Yankees got Craig Kimbrell? It'd be tough. <laughs> I, I'd be more <laughs> upset if they got Chris Hill, though. That's true. That'd be awesome if the Yankees got Chris Hill. I'll go with Cy Young pitcher who makes me scared every time he pitches. All right. The biggest trade, probably the second biggest trade outside of Manny Machado, 
is Chris Archer to the Pittsburgh Pirates. And the Pittsburgh Pirates, oh boy, they give up too much. Way too much. So Chris Archer this year is worth 0.4 wins above replacement. In 96 innings pitched, he has 46 earned runs. He's currently giving up 9.6 hits per nine innings, which is the highest in his career. His whip is 1.385, which is the highest in his career. And he's under team control until 2020. And if he does not get better, oh boy, it's rough. I think the Pirates are another team that we just talked about um, as far as just looking to get pitching, kind of like the Angels in a couple years. They're really looking to rebuild now, which I thought it was a weird time to go make a blockbuster like that. You don't see a lot of teams that are just kind of, eh, go make a move like that. They And this is the thing about the second wild cards. They probably still think they have a chance. I don't really think they do in that division. Um, but I think they're just kind of building for the future. If they can get some more pieces, we'll see what happens. Because if they can get back to the playoffs in a couple of years, we know the playoff atmosphere of PNC Park. It is rowdy. I mean, when you don't have when you don't have uh, playoff baseball for 30, 20, 21, 21 years. years. It was 21 years, right? Well, 21 to get over 500. Yeah. When you haven't when you haven't been good since the 70s, when your mascot was selling cocaine, and Duck Ellis was throwing no hitters in LSD, you you you're due, and they get excited. Yeah. Pittsburgh Pirates baseball in the 70s. Also, if you want a good story. Look up the Pittsburgh Pirates drug trials. It's on ESPN. It's on um, ESPN, the uh, 30 for 30 shorts. Look up those. It's wild. It's a crazy time. Also, Doc Ellis is a uh, documentary on his no-hitter on LSD. I think one of the biggest trade stories getting back to it was uh, maybe someone who wasn't traded after being um, advertised as absolutely available. Are you surprised that Bryce Harper did not get moved? No, yes and no, but they're out of the playoff picture. We got to get to the return first. What Pittsburgh got? Because what Pittsburgh got, they or what Tampa Bay got for Chris Archer, they should be mighty happy with themselves. They got Austin Meadow, a guy who's hitting 292 this year with a 795 OBP with five homers. They got a right-handed pitcher in Tyler Glass now, out of the pen who by war is having the best season of his career, and he's under team control until 2024. In 34 games, he has 11.6 Ks per nine, and only has 27 earned runs in 56 innings pitched. They got two very good guys. And in a team that right now, on their depth chart, does not actually have a starting pitcher, a single starting pitcher does not exist in this rotation. Like Snow. He's on the deal. They have none. Zero. Zip, not a none. Bullpen day every day. It's going to help. And especially since he, he, his ERA is up this year, but but he's, he's a good pitcher. He's good out of the pen, and he's going to do good. It's, it's, it's impressive for Tampa that they got that much for Chris Archer this year. is really not doing good. If, if Pittsburgh can't contend in two years, Tampa Bay just flat out robbed them. <laughs> oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Especially Tampa Bay. If Beaks can figure it out, then they have glass now. They have Meadows. They have Snell. An all-star. Snell could probably win a Cy Young at some point in his career. They're going to be nasty. They're going to be good. They're, they're actually a good team. and they have a, They're 500 right now. They have a sneaky good manager. Kevin, like Kevin Cash is a genius. It's like it, Connie it, Mack 2.0 almost. It's a tough job because we can see how much more gray hair Kevin Cash develops oh, day by day. Doubt, without a doubt. Day like by you day. You can see it forming in the middle of a game. Like anytime, anytime FS Sun broadcasts the Rays games going to there, you can see the gray hair forming. You can see it visibly changing color. I was down in Florida for a couple of days actually the other day. So it was, it was fun. I got to watch the Rays for a couple of days. The House of Horrors. 
I, I, I took a nice video for you as I drove by. Oh, boy. So back to Harper after we're done with the return. Six trades. Six, probably six of the biggest trades of the season. But back to Harper. I'm not exactly surprised they moved him. I knew it would have taken a ton to move him. It would have taken a ton of prospects, a ton of people. For a guy this year is really having a down year, I think teams would rather they would rather wait, not have to give up all the money in the world for a rental for a guy who's only hitting 212. And then this season, it will drive his price down. And teams just pick him up for a little cheaper than four hundred million dollars, maybe like three ninety five. It's still Bryce Harper. It's gonna be the same with Machado. It's yeah, it's gonna be the same with Machado. Honestly, the team with the pockets deep enough to get him will get him. The Dodgers guys have a chance because they love dishing out money, and we know how much they love it. It's it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a fun time. Interesting. It's gonna be an interesting time. Are you ready for some soft Yankees talk? Oh. I'll lead this one because you usually lead the rest of our talks. And you're not very energetic about last night, but I am, so we're going to get into it. Uh, probably one of the biggest series of the year for both teams. Um, okay, if the Yankees don't win three or four of the series, they're not winning the AL East. I'm saying that right now. If they lose the series, I think they, that they have to win out or they lose the AL East. You can't be seven and a half. What are they, six and a half back now? Yeah. Even a split won't work. If you're seven and a half back with 50 games to play, you're not going to win your division. No matter, and the Red Sox, they're not going to stop being good. No. They're not going to stop losing. They are one of the best teams in baseball, just like the Yankees. But the Yankees can't let this division slip out of their hands. And right now, they are. Let me paint the picture for you. So, this series is a four-game set starting on Thursday night, last night. Um, Red Sox had an off day Wednesday. The Yankees had a chance to pick up a game, or sorry, a half a game. Um, if, all they had to do was be the worst team in baseball. They couldn't do it. So, they came in at five and a half out on... Thursday night, jumped out to a quick four nothing lead. That was great. Yeah, they jumped out to a quick four nothing lead. Um, Didi Gregorius hits a three run homer, and Hicks hits a home run, and they have CC Zabathia, who's for some reason usually decent against the Red Sox. Um, and then the Red Sox chipped away a couple runs. Um, they didn't chip away. We we got to see. Oh yeah, they got we, four we, one four two. We got to we got to see uh, the fielder CC Zabathia. <laughs> That throw was just amazing, by the way. I'm sorry. Um, I just want to thank God I was at work and I wasn't able to watch this game. Oh, I was, I was, I was in love watching this game. I was a little frustrated early, but I'm like, you know what? This Red Sox team has proven me wrong multiple times before. They they'll come back, and sure enough, they did. They had a eight run fourth inning, and this is a trade we haven't talked about a lot because it was a really minor move. Steve Pierce with the game of his life against the New York Yankees, three home runs. Totally powering the Red Sox. It wasn't even offense. a trade. They picked him up off waivers. No, they traded for him. No, they didn't. They, they traded. They traded for him. They traded a minor league shortstop. Oh. Um, and so he goes off, has the night of his life, three home runs, for the second time this year. And I can't remember a year this was. This has ever happened in the course of the rivalry. The Red Sox now have two, two games this season against the Yankees where they have scored at least fourteen runs. Three, three games where they've put up at least ten. That's absurd. Absurd. And I love this again about this Red Sox team is we didn't see this kind of explosive offense from them last year. And I think the addition of J.D. Martinez has allowed them to do that. And J.D. wasn't even the main factor last night. It was obviously Steve Pierce. So they pick up the first game of the season, the series. Literally just started game two right now. Porcello Severino. This, these next three days are going to decide the division anyways. I think this division was done as soon as Judge... Um, got hurt because Sanchez was already out, and he's going to be out. For, and both of them are out for an extended period of time. I think that gives the Red Sox too much time to run away with the division. 
and then obviously we'll see what happens because both teams will make the playoffs. I don't think they're the ALDS better be the Red Sox and Yankees, and it's going to be. It's just a matter of the Yankees, the fact that everyone's hurt right now. Right, they're hurt. I don't think anyone's denying that, and they're both teams are going to the playoffs. Yeah, and even as as a team of either fans, I don't think you wanted this series to be competitive, good, nerve wracking, crazy with the best players from both sides going it. And that's currently not the case for either team. Chris Sale's not going. The Yankees don't have Judge. And Steve Pierce was the Steve star Pierce. of the show. Steve freaking Pierce. Steve effing Pierce. Steve effing Pierce. But the real awful person last night, Jonathan Holder, who in no, without recording, an out, gave up seven earned runs on five hits in a walk. What? The what? He didn't even record an out. He didn't even record an out. Zero outs. Thank God Luis Sessa was there. He's supposed to be Saturday's starter for the Yankees, but they just, brought up Chance Adams, and they used him for 3.2 innings. And at this point, the game was run away. When the score is 10-4 in the fourth inning, you know it's over. Just just watching the Yankees crumble last night and just all the mistakes they made and just watching how bad Aaron Boone just really horribly mismanaged the team. It's just it's something you just – as a baseball fan, you hate to see it, Jacob. You hate to see it. I, I it's it's just I, I feel so bad just to watch as a baseball fan. So you you never want to see a team like that. Um, though I'm sure they they will make the playoffs and we'll see what happens from there. But we'll see what happens. Like I said, this series will decide the division. And I hey, think you, and I think is, you and I are in agreement on that. Yeah, this series does. If the Yankees because if the Yankees don't win three or four, they're done. If they win three or four, they have a chance. Because if they win three or four. That means it's four and a half back with 50 to go, and you can beat that. Seven and a half with 50 to go. There's no way you can do that. And if they get swept, nine and a half with 50 to go, you're done. So they need to win three of four. They need to win three straight, and they got to figure out how to do it. Stanton's been literally hitting his butt off. Aaron Hicks has been doing great. Didier Gorsuch has been doing great. Just the fact they're missing that spark plug, and Aaron Judge with that spark plug. They're missing him big time in the middle of this order. And this is almost, I have the same exact feeling as I did last year when the Yankees scored 46 runs in three games against the Orioles. And we all thought, oh my God, this is the greatest thing. I thought, well, not all of us, you didn't think this. You were like, oh God. But I was like, in 46 runs over a weekend against the Baltimore Orioles, I was like, this is the greatest thing to happen. They aren't going to lose again. This is the greatest thing ever. And then they went in a tailspin for about two months. What I think is... I have the same exact feeling right now. They were doing great, and then they started faltering, and now it's tail spinning. We obviously both have doubts about our team as far as injuries go, but this is the one thing that will keep me um, content as a Red Sox fan is all season long, they, ha- they haven't been fully healthy at any point this year. Some big factor has been missing. Last night, the Red Sox did not have Chris Sale. They did not have Rafael Devers. They did not have Xander Bogarts, and they did not have Dustin Pedroia. And they are still the best team in baseball, and it's not really that close. It is and it isn't. And the fact that they're being able to do this and still banged up, if this team ever gets to full health, whether it be now or October, this team is just flat-out scary. See, the one thing I'm just saying every single time is that, my friends, division championships do not guarantee playoff victories i'm not saying that i'm not predicting anything right now all i'm saying is if this team gets back to full health by the playoffs which they are not at right now Mm -hmm. i'm just saying come playoff time 
they're going to be very, very, very scary for any team that comes they are. their way. They will be. They will be. They will be. Fenmail. Fenmail. All right, quick, quick note. Sunday night. Fenway Park, 8 p.m., 8.05 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The New York Yankees, the Boston Red Sox, Masahiro Tanaka, because it's Tanaka tonight, versus the Yankees' daddy, David Price. You right. You're right. Yes, David Price is the Yankees' dad. You are totally, you are totally right. No, you are right, my sir. Oh, I messed it up. Okay. Anyways, all right. Let me, let me, let me redo that for you. Sunday night, August fifth, the year of our Lord, two thousand eighteen. David Price, Masahiro Tanaka, Red Sox, Yankees. Sunday night baseball. The Queen of Spec Crew will be in the building. We will be in the building. In the building. We will be there. We will be there. We will be there. I will try to not die, my friends, as a diehard Yankees fan. I might have to go incognito the way the rest of the series goes. I, it might be scary. It might be a little scary. That's gonna be scary. If the Yankees get to lose tonight you, tomorrow, you and, I might die. You and I both have reasons to be scared for Sunday. Your team could be going in in a rough spot. My team has maybe the worst pitcher against the Yankees in the history of baseball going. I have a bunch of drunk screaming fans at night at Fenway around me and full Yankees gear. Oh, that's, it's your, cho- that's your choice. I know. But, hey, we're going behind enemy lines, my friends. We're going in enemy territory. And it's going to end up better than last year when Sonny Gray. Oh, Sonny Gray. Sonny, Sonny Gray, Gray didn't even pitch that bad last year. He gave up, what, like three runs? It was just no, the he fact had 120 that, pitches It was three just the innings. fact that Rick Raindrop Porcello pitched his butt off and only gave up one run. I got you. Probably his only good start last year. I got you. But we'll be there. There will be a vlog for it. We'll break it down. Might have a bonus break. Uh, break break down podcast on monday you never know there we go but let's get into some fan mail fan mail we got a question from nicole and then we got two from joey today we got three questions on the docket nicole's asking how do you guys feel about steven Souza's jr resurgence for the diamondbacks this year they'd still be okay with that i feel like yeah i feel like they'd be okay with that i mean he hasn't really contributed too much to the team i mean last year he really had a career year this year he signed to a big contract hasn't done too great but it's he's getting out of a really bad market in Tampa Bay, and he's going to go play the playoffs there Arizona. I think that's what a guy like him needs. Right. He'll be a role player, not much else. He will be. But I, it's good to see him. It's it's good to see him get out there. It's good to see him. That that Arizona team also got a heck of a lot better at the deadline. They got Brad Seagor back. Yep. I love that guy, especially in D-backs colors. He was with the Red Sox two years ago. He was going to tie him back into the Cape League. He played for the Chatham Anglers. Chatham Ace, 2001. Back with good, Chris Iannetta. It's a good, well. reference. It's a good reference. Huh? Back with Chris Iannetta as well. They were they were together on that team. They were teammates. Yeah. You know when the first time Chris Sale ever pitched at Fenway Park was? Cape League. Cape League All-Star game as a member of the Yarmouth Dennis Red Sox. Boom. Cape League. There we go. Cape League, my friends. Well, the Cape League needs to just start paying us because we've just done everything for them this offseason. Exactly. Tag them on Twitter and just be like, we'll be waiting for our paychecks in the mail. Okay. All right, and then Joey's asking the question, which is just a fantastic question. Shout out to Joey for this fantastic question. What type of team would the D-backs be if Martinez had stayed with the same production? With the per- I'm thinking, I'm thinking he's asking with the production. Shoeing NL West champions, without a doubt. There's no way. We'll see how far they. they actually, honestly, probably right now they'd probably be in the NLCS. 
At probably. Least. Probably. Like, they, they would be the best team in the National League without a doubt. Yeah. And you are, they are celebrating in the streets of Arizona because they are the best team in baseball by far. That line is the best team in the That line is ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. And their pitching staff is good. Their pitching staff is real good. Which is just begs the question, if they have paid enough money, oh, boy. And then the Red Sox could have gotten Logan don't, don't, Morrison. Don't make me think of that. Logan uh, Morrison, Lomo, friends, who's hitting 197 with a 660 OPS. Oh, damn. Yeah. All right. All right, and vice versa. What type of team would the Red Sox be? Martinez had not gone to the Sox. Uh, another 93-1 season and a first-round exit from the playoffs. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. I don't even think they win 93. They might only win 90. They win 93 without them. I don't know. The Red Sox can not try and still win 93 games. That's true. With right. the team they had before. Because they'd done it two years in a row. Yeah, but they wouldn't have any power in their lineup. They, they def- didn't last year. No, no, I'm just saying. This year, again, they wouldn't yeah. have any power in their lineup. They wouldn't make anyone scary. And Hanley would still be here. Take on me, take on me, take me on. I'll be home in a day or two. Into the deep. Okay. But, yeah, if Boston had not gotten J.D. Martinez, you would have had Logan Morrison, my friend. Different team. Much very, different very team. different team. Not as not, not as potent on offense. Four, like, like four first basemen on the roster. Yeah. That would have been bad. Yeah. All right. It's today's show, my friends. This is the cleanup spot. We'll be back for double digits soon. Yeah. Enjoy. Get ready for the series. Sunday night. Watch out. Hopefully that Cape Leaf block is up soon. I'll be working on that. And then uh, stay tuned for the Sunday night baseball cleanup spot vlog. We will be meeting up with Jared Carabas and Eric Hubbs. Eric Hubberman is his full name, I think. I don't know. Hubbs. Hubbs and Carabas from Barstool. We'll be meeting up with them. Saying hello, we'll get a picture. We'll put it out there. It'll be beautiful. I'll we'll be frame ready. it. I'll, we'll get on the poster. We want to get Javik to get a picture with his uh, his future wife, Jess Mendoza, as well. Oh God, no, 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 no. Oh, if you guys follow me on my own Twitter, you know the personal vendetta I have with one Jess Mendoza. I just think she's an awful announcer. I don't have a problem with her. Of course you don't. I I don't think she's very good. She she's done nothing wrong. Like. Okay, I give her this. She was bad last year. She's actually fine this year. She's fine with the Aaron Vasquezian. Last year, I just think the booth was so bad that well, the ESPN booth, the awful. ESPN booth last year was atrocious. Yeah, but I think this year, no, this year she's good. This year I, she's I not like bad. this year's booth. I don't hate her this year. Last year, I wanted to put my head through a wall every time she spoke. Same with Ravage and who was the other guy? Uh, your man. Oh, Ravage your, your and man. Boone. Ravage your and Boone. Your, Boone. your 2018 New York she's Yankee still, manager. Boone was not that great on ESPN. No, no. But anyways. Send in your questions. Send in all the questions you got. Tell your friends. Tell your neighbor. Tell your dog walker. Tell your dog to listen to the podcast, please. We need listeners. We need lots of listeners. All the listeners in the world, please come to the Clean Up Spot podcast, my friends. Follow us on Twitter at Clean Up Spot Pod. You can send us fan mail on Twitter. Uh, we'll put up Instagram polls on our own Instagram so you follow us there. Uh, you can email us as well, cleanupspot1234 at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter at jabblake8. You can follow me at tcrowley37. And I'm Jay Blake. This is Tim Crowley, and this is the Cleanout Spot. Hey,